Welcome back to Becoming Your Best Version, a podcast in which I get to interview inspiring women whose paths have crossed mine. I am your host, Maria Leonard Olson. I'm a civil litigation attorney based in the Washington, D.C. area. I'm a podcaster, radio show host, mentor to women facing addictions, as well as sexual abuse and assault, a TEDx speaker. In fact, please go to my TEDx talk and hit the like button. It's called Using Life's Challenges as a Force for Good. And you know it's a numbers game. I would like to move that TEDx talk up in the visibility algorithm because I think it has the capacity to help other people feel not so alone like I did for most of my life. So do me that favor and hit that like button. I would like to introduce you to an extraordinary woman who whose paths have crossed has crossed mine several times in the last 25 years. And finally, we are both in a place doing things in the world to try to make the world a better place. This is a woman whose daughter went to the same school that my daughter graduated from. And we grew up, kind of grew up, I say, in a tongue-in-cheek way as uh, new mothers in the same community in the D.C. area. I brought my kids, in fact, to watch her on perform on stage at a local acting troupe in the D.C. area. And she's just a talented, multi-talented person who I have the honor of having on the show today. Trish Klowacki is a filmmaker, writer, and songwriter. Her first musical, called Warning, Take Only as Directed, was adapted to the screen. The award-winning film has proven to be an innovative and effective tool for teaching teens, their educators, parents, and guardians about the dangers of prescription medicine misuse. Trish launched Glow Media in 2016 and is making a series of short films based on the warning model addressing a broad range of mental health issues. In November 2011, Trish and Tony Glowacki lost their 21-year-old son, Charlie, after a five-year battle with anxiety, depression, and substance abuse. Charlie died of an accidental OxyContin overdose. In the wake of Charlie's passing, the family searched for ways to both handle the incredible grief and honor the memory of their beloved son. Trish, an accomplished musician and thespian, set out to write songs and a play about Charlie. However, in the process of writing and researching, she realized a larger vision for his legacy. The growing opioid crisis had just started to reach a national consciousness. Overdose doses have quadrupled since 1991, and the crisis has penetrated both rural and urban communities, crossing ethnic and socioeconomic boundaries. Armed with a powerful story and an urgency to educate youth nationwide, Trish decided to adapt her play into a short film musical that could be used as a unique teaching resource. The goal was to produce a high quality short film and disseminate it to as many middle and high school classrooms as possible. 
Leveraging her extensive contacts in the music and film industries, Trish enlisted studio musicians to record her original songs and create the soundtrack, hired a film director and production company, and co-wrote the screenplay, the 26-minute film, Warning, Take Only As Directed, premiered in 2014 and soon after was added to Discovery Education, the nation's largest provider of digital educational content. To date, the film has been reviewed, viewed rather, by over 1 million students nationwide. The film comes with resource guides and lesson plans, which are made available free to educators. These materials are intended to facilitate classroom conversation and enhance understanding of the film content. The overwhelming success of this film inspired the Glowacki family to focus on other sensitive issues facing today's youth. In 2016, they created a 501c3 organization called the Glow Media Project and started fundraising for the development of a series of new fictional films that, like warning, seek to build awareness and reduce stigma around various challenges affecting teenagers. Three new short films co-written by Trish and Angel Andrea Hansel, Dr. Ann Hansel, a licensed clinical child and adolescent psychologist were released in 2017. These films focused on eating disorders, body image, anxiety and depression, and LGBTQ issues. Similar to Warning Take Only as directed, these shorts integrate music, realistic characters and dialogue, and authentic storylines. They also each come with collateral educational materials created by experts in the field. The fifth film addressing bipolar disorder is called King of the World. It was released in March, 2020. The pandemic brought new projects to a halt, but they were able to produce a documentary about the effects of the pandemic on the mental health of teens called Unimaginable, which will be released this fall. With the pandemic restrictions lifted, they filmed their seventh short addressing suicide prevention. It is called There Can Be Light. That film will premiere this fall in select cities starting in October and will be released in early 2023. You can learn more about this extraordinary and much needed work at glowmedia.org. All of this is in the show notes. So if you're taking notes, put your pen down and listen to this extraordinary woman. Welcome, Trish. Hi, Maria. Thank you so much for having me on the show today. Well, I am just so happy and grateful for the important work that you're doing in our community. I know, as I've just mentioned, what the impetus was for this, but did you ever think that Glow Media would take off in the way that it has? You know, that's a great question, Maria. I, I did not think that we would have as big an impact as we have had. Um, Back in 2014, when we released Warning Take Only as Directed, our first film, I thought, oh, this isn't going to be relevant 10 years from now, five years from now, there'll be a new topic affecting teens and their educators in schools. It's only gotten bigger. 
<laughs> yeah, unfortunately, that's the reality of our society and the pandemic likely exacerbated all of these problems. Yes, the pandemic definitely exacerbated all underlying problems. There was an increase in uh, diagnosed anxiety and depression coming into the pandemic. More youth were seeking uh, mental health services. And it was growing very rapidly. The uh, pandemic just took took it to the next level. And um, as you mentioned in the intro, we did a documentary about the effects of the pandemic on teenage mental health called Unimaginable. And we will be releasing that in early 2023, but it will be premiering in select cities this fall, um, DC, LA, and we're still a, a few others yet to be determined. Um, but I wanted to mention, Maria, it's so coincidental that we are talking today. Today is I don't know when this podcast will, will air, but today is August 31st, which is International Overdose Awareness Day. Mm. And my son, Charlie, died in 2011 of an accidental Oxycontin overdose. Um, and his his death was my impetus for, for writing the first film, Warning, Take Only is Directed, about prescription medicine misuse. And it, it's I've posted about it today. Uh, uh, links to that film, um, pictures of my son, his beautiful smiling face, trying to put a sort of a, a face to this uh, public health crisis of uh, addiction and uh, overdose. Today is Overdose Awareness Day. Not everybody who dies by an overdose is suffers with addiction. Um, we were talking earlier before the show started uh, some kids are just taking pills on the street just to take the edge off. Mm -hmm. And there are so, there's so much fentanyl on the streets these days. Mm -hmm. And so many pills are laced with fentanyl. Uh, Marijuana is being laced with fentanyl. The accidental overdoses are just skyrocketing. So it's just awareness is key. If you can talk in the earlier, you can start talking to your kids about the dangers of, uh, of, of illegal drugs or pr sharing prescription drugs or purchasing anything on the street. Uh, the more information they have, the better informed they will be to make the right decision. Oh my gosh. That is such an important point. I mean, we both know people who did one bad drug one bad drug yep and that's all it takes and it's such a scary thing and when we're teenagers we believe nothing often we believe nothing bad will ever really happen to us we feel the sense of invincibility which is false and scary to parents because we've experienced that yet it's not reality yeah, it's not reality. And so when we made that first film about prescription medicine misuse and we were touring it um, to different school groups and um, other youth-focused organizations around the country, the number one question we received was, what else do you have? Mm. You know, there Obviously, there are underlying reasons why these kids are taking drugs in the first place, um, which, you know, the the say the athlete who just needs to calm down before a big game wants to take something to calm his nerves 
get something from a friend, it's laced with fentanyl. He, she, they are dead. And what other re what other resources can there be to help that person deal with that stress and anxiety or that bipolar disorder or mm -hmm. the eating disorder or whatever mental health challenge it is that the uh, youth are struggling with. So that's why we started the Glow Media Project and uh, started the created a library of shorts addressing these various mental health topics. And they are to be used as a resource to start the conversation, ideally in the classroom, but also at home. All of our resources are free of charge and available on the website. Uh, so if you as a parent or guardian uh, see something in your, your child that's concerning to you, you can go to our website. And if, if we have a uh, film on that particular topic, watch it yourself first. They're all 10 minutes. Um, and if it is applicable, take a look at the guide that accompanies it. You could start the conversation in, in the home. You could also go to your child's school and suggest that they show our film. Ideally in a health class, uh, two health classes back to back um, we found to be the most effective way to teach about the subjects. Our films can also be shown in a, an auditorium situation um, and with a, maybe with a panel of experts and a Q&A following the screening. We've done a lot of those uh, over the years. And now that COVID restrictions are lifting, we're getting ready to do some more of those uh, this fall. So we're very excited to be back in the classroom, back in the auditorium setting, spreading the word and, um, and just yeah, spreading the word. And when we, and when we have these events, um, like the ones we're gonna do this fall, um, we are able to gauge level of interest from the audience, which is generally made up of a combination of students, educators, parents, friends, um, colleagues. We're, we're able to gauge interest in future topics. So we'll have surveys that will do at all of these. How, how was this film relevant to you? And what other subjects would you like to see addressed in this manner? That is valuable data that, that we'll use to determine our next topic. Wow, 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 wow. This is so needed. And we both talked about uh, earlier in our conversation before we went online about how we wish this sort of thing existed a long time ago. Yeah, I know when I was in high school, I know when my kids were in high school and my oldest is now 33, mental health was not addressed, period. Mm -hmm. uh, drugs and alcohol were addressed in high schools, usually on an annual basis. And it was usually uh, something like a flyer that had to be read mm -hmm. uh, or it had to be taken home. The parents had to check off that they'd addressed it with their child mm -hmm. or or they had to attend a seminar where uh, you know, a police officer or someone talked about uh, drinking and driving and the effects. Yes. Now, it, was, it, it was punitive. It mm -hmm. was, you can't go to the prom if you don't do this yep. program. Uh, it was not relatable. 
I completely agree with that. Sort of the Nancy Reagan, don't say no. Exactly. Thing. Don't say or no don't work. Yeah, it did just say no, rather. It's, just say no. Yes. It, yeah. It, yeah. Yeah. I mean, it was a scared, straight kind of mentality that didn't work for me. Right. <laughs> didn't work for me. Didn't work for my boys. Um, and uh, I feel strongly that knowledge is power. Uh, a lot of uh, schools, not a lot, but I, I've bumped up against some schools that say, we're not going to show your provocative films in our school setting. You're going to suggest something. And I just, I just have to laugh. It's like, you, you're not giving your kids credit. You, yes. Your students are smarter than you think. Oh, yes. <laughs> they, wow. They, they know about this stuff. And if you provide them with more tools so that they can make informed decisions about what they put in their bodies mm -hmm. or what they, uh, how to deal with their stress and anxiety or, or other mental health challenge, they are better people. They're, they have the tools they need to deal with the, the issues they're facing. Uh, so heads in the sand don't work. Um, and uh, knowledge is power. And uh, we're, we're all about that at the Glow Media Project. Oh, I love the work that you are doing. I'm so grateful to you. And when we were getting ready to record, you mentioned a new resource, the new 988. Could you please tell our listeners about that? Yes. Uh, thank you for bringing that up, uh, Maria. It it should be widely known by now that 988 went live July 16th this summer, 2022, and it is the new crisis crisis line that can be used in the event of a mental health crisis. Uh, so suicide prevention, um, uh, in, any sort of mental health crisis. And this is an alternative to 911. Um, in the past, if, and I've witnessed this firsthand with friends and family, called 911 when a loved one's child or maybe my own child even, was in a manic episode or just out of control on 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 a substance high on a substance or in a in a mental health crisis you don't know who to call so there was no option 911 a lot of times police come with you know they're armed they uh, restrain the person who really uh, needs to be seen in a therapeutic session, a therapeutic setting, needs to go to the hospital, not to jail. Um, so this is, 988 is going to be a game changer. Mm -hmm. it, it, yeah, it's like the suicide um, and crisis text line that's been in existence for, uh, gosh, I'm not sure how long, at least 10 years. But that will be, when you call 988 trained, professionals will answer the phone. They will direct your call where it will best be um, treated, where it will be handled properly. Wow, so needed. I am also grateful that that has been added as a tool for our society to try to stem the loss of young lives and anyone's life, really. Mm -hmm. So to what do you attribute the slowly dissipating stigma surrounding mental health issues in our culture? 
That's a great question. And I like the way you used slowly disappearing mm -hmm. because it is slowly dissipating. Mm -hmm. And I do, I believe it's attributable to people like yourself who talk openly about mental health challenges and substance um, addiction and things like that. People like you, um, organizations like Glow Media that are now uh, going a little more mainstream. Mm -hmm. uh, campaigns on like our local TV station, NBC4 has the Changing Minds campaign. Mm. Um, I don't know if you're familiar with that, uh, no. Maria. They, they talk, they, they've got a great program there and they will talk openly about mental health challenges and have experts on a regularly, uh, it's like a weekly uh, program. I'm not sure when the segments actually air, but people are talking about it more. They're less trepidatious about sharing it with others. Now, slowly, it's changing slowly. I would yeah. like to see it change a little more rapidly and I'd like to see more mental health education uh, more money put towards mental health education. Mm -hmm. Their uh, schools are open to the idea. They weren't 10 years ago. They weren't six years ago. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yet the, I would also uh, like to thank uh, COVID for... <laughs> that is the only uh, silver lining to COVID is that it, it really shined a light on... Uh, the mental health crisis affecting our youth today. And there's no denying it because we were all thrown into COVID together. We were all isolating together. Uh, you know, if a child had said five years ago, I'm anxious, I, I don't want to go to school, I'm scared, you know, the parents, the guardians, the friends, they saw it, they were stuck with it during COVID. We were all together. We were all in it together. It was a collective loss that we felt as a society. And, um, and, and we had to learn how to heal collectively as a society, how to get back out of the house, back into school, back into the work environment comfortably and uh, safely and be mentally prepared for it. So I think that's been a, a big, um, proponent to reducing the stigma around talking about mental health. Yes, I agree with you. I mean, I kept my mental health issues a secret for, I don't know, decades, and I don't do that anymore. And I'm so grateful that my son also is someone who speaks out on mental health issues. Follow him on TikTok at Chris or on Instagram at Chris Olson. Uh, I'm so grateful for that because secrets kept me sick, very sick. Mm -hmm. so. and it, yeah, secrets affected me, the entire family, my boys, my my daughter, and it's just, you know, it it openness is the best way. Yeah, to be. agreed. And I think that since we, I believe, are in the same generation, grew up in the same generation, okay. uh, I think that the men of our generation were done such a disservice in being given the message that it was a sign of weakness to show emotion or talk about your feelings. 
And I believe that the millennials and Gen Xers and Gen Zers don't have to live with that as the template because I see more emotion being expressed by younger people. Do you mm -hmm. agree? Do you see oh, a change? Yeah. Absolutely. And it was a wonderful exercise for us to do the documentary about the effects of the pandemic on teen mental health, because we got to talk to teens. 20, mm -hmm. We interviewed 27 teens from all over the country, different, uh, different areas, different socioeconomic backgrounds. And some of the stories that these kids shared were just amazing. Uh, I would say the majority of the teens were uh, depressed and anxious and scared during COVID, sad, uh, uh, grieving for their losses, uh, graduations, proms, et cetera. Then there was this, uh, not, not that small of a percentage, I'd say about 25%, almost 25% of the, the teens we interviewed actually uh, were grateful for the, the shutdown, mm. the, the lockdown. They were so overscheduled going mm -hmm. into it, exhausted, burning the candle at both ends, expectations off the charts, either from their own internal pressure they were putting on themselves or they were feeling from uh, school peers, parents, siblings, um, and they, they welcomed the shutdown. They were like, oh, finally I get to breathe. Now we followed them for a full year. By the end of the year, those kids were like, get me back. <laughs> mm, yes, I can see. I can see why. I, I um, want to be back. <laughs> yes, yes, I've yes. I've had my break and I've been able to work on myself. And they did share their coping skills with us. And it was it was wonderful to see um, how uh, innovative and resilient kids are today and i think this generation going forward because of what they they've endured uh not only covid but uh some of the, the other challenges that have affected this generation um and, and the political climate we're in i mean these kids are they are equipped to mm -hmm. um to excel yes in, in life they have they've been They've been, so much has been thrown at them that wasn't thrown at us, Maria, at when we were kids. I, I'd say, I know we're in the same generation and we kind of grew up in a little bubble. Yes. Of, you know, we, these things didn't happen to us. We didn't have a plague, you know. We, <laughs> you know, we, you know uh, we certainly didn't have a pandemic. Um, yes, that that is true. And I do also very much enjoy your humor, which I've seen in various <laughs> settings, especially on stage. But in any event, uh, going back to the thread we were just on, there were some benefits to having been raised in a culture in which we were told to suck it up and to keep a stiff upper lip and just get back on the horse and keep going. So I've heard many um, commentators opine that we are just so indulgent of today's youth and that is doing them a disservice. What do you think about that given the research you've done on mental health issues? 
Well, I've done a lot of research on that and a lot of uh, internal reflection and had a lot of therapy mm. to uh, deal with exact. I was raised exactly how you how you just described your childhood. Um, suck it up and uh, toughen up. And there are advantages to that. And there are disadvantages to the indulgent, um, the opposite end of that, mm -hmm. the overindulgent, you know, everybody gets an award for participating in soccer. It's like, wait, why? <laughs> Let the winning team win. Let the yeah. best get the best. <laughs> um, you know, not everybody should get an award. I, I see the negativity or the pitfalls of that in, um, for, for growth as a, as a, as a person, a combination of the two, I think is good. Um, seeing, understanding why and how people did raise their kids the way we were raised, why and how the overindulgent parenting uh, came about. I think it's important to see all sides of that argument or that parenting style as it were. But I also think that um, just a middle of the road approach is, is the best. And knowledge is power and always listen. Always listen when your child comes to you with a question or a concern. It, don't tell them to go to their room. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, how many times I suffered in my room alone. Woo! Yeah, me too. <laughs> <laughs> No, it just just listen. Even if you're so busy that you don't have time to listen, drop what you're doing and listen, um, because that's that's the best way you can help your child. Good advice. I also see that not only are you making these films and these research guides, but you're already you're also doing PSAs. One coming up is called Creatively Coping with COVID, coming soon to local TV stations. Tell us a bit about that PSA. Yes, thank you. That PSA has, um, it, it aired in the spring. So okay. uh, thank you for pointing out that my website needs to get <laughs> <laughs> I'll get right on that. Thank you. Um, but that that was, I was sort of talking about that earlier when, when um, we were creatively coping with COVID. It was a PSA we created after out of the documentary. So the kids that we were interviewing for the documentary, and we focused on the coping mechanisms that these kids came up with to get through the, the pandemic. And it, some of them were amazing. Uh, one, one young woman was painting and she'd paint her feelings. And when she was feeling anxious, she, she would do that. And another young woman uh, would dance and, um, a young man was, oh gosh, oh, he was a video gamer. Mm. Um, I'm not sure I want to add that. <laughs> After talking to him, he said, you know, but I could talk to my friends on the video games. And that's how we communicated during COVID. We couldn't see each other. So we'd get on and do the video games. And I was like, well, good for you. I mean, you're on a screen all day anyway. You might, what are you going to? I, I, that was the first time I didn't have a negative thought about video gaming. <laughs> well, I, as you know, have been in rehab and some of the people in rehab were 
very addicted to video games. It, it's mm -hmm. a real problem for it many can people. Be, yes, mm -hmm. can be, can be exactly. So I love to ask this question because very infrequently do I get the same answer from our guests. And that is, what do you do, Trish, to become your best version? Oh, boy. Well, that's a good question. I I do, as I mentioned, I am in therapy, mm -hmm. uh, which I think saved my life when my son died. Yes. Um, and when I got divorced, uh, I do practice yoga. Mm -hmm. I try to eat well. Mm -hmm. I exercise regularly. And I put a lot more thought into relationships that I've had that I have than I used to. Mm -hmm. um, I'm careful with myself and I, I, uh, I make time for those friendships and family. Very important to me, my family. You have a beautiful family. I know some of your family members and you have an incredible family. I'm very fortunate. So I would encourage all of the listeners to check out glowmedia.org. They're also on all social media, which will be in the show notes. Generally, it's Glow Media. So get to Google them, look at their materials. They can help every single human. Even if your kids are grown or you don't have kids, you likely are in relationship with someone with a mental health issue, possibly an addiction issue because they are so rampant in our society. And I just want to thank you, Trish, for taking time out of your incredibly busy schedule to be with us today. Thank you, Maria. I really am grateful for the opportunity to, to talk to your listeners. Hope I could help somebody listen. You, you absolutely did. And you helped me. So thank you. Thank you. Mm -hmm.